Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars. My name is Blake, and I'm here with Grant. Hey there. Wesley. What's up, dorks? Andrew. Howdy. And Diedrich. Hello. If you guys will recall, on our first episode, um, the only people that were on the podcast were myself, Grant, Wesley, and Andrew, and we all talked about our connection to Star Wars, what it meant to us, how we got started in it, and now I'm going to give that opportunity to Diedrich. He was not on our first episode, if you guys will remember, uh, due to some COVID-19 type of deals um, going on. But, uh, Diedrich, what is your connection to Star Wars? How'd you get into it? What is your love for Star Wars? Where did it begin? What are you into in the Star Wars stuff? Um, so take it away, Diedrich. Well, I've been into Star Wars since I was a kid, like I think most people who are into Star Wars. Uh, I was probably about five, six, seven, somewhere in there when my dad started showing me the original trilogy on VHS, which I still have sitting on my shelf. And uh, I was just super thrilled, and I wanted to watch it all the time. I eventually inherited a whole bunch of the kind of like classical 70s, 80s toys from an older cousin. So I have quite a few of the just original, those little like stick guys who, you know, you could barely bend their arms and legs. But I've kept the, the collection around, and I hope maybe one day I can uh, pass that along to my kid. And I, I also remember, you know, being young and having my dad and I fight with like the the cheap lightsabers you get, you know, at like Walmart or Target or whatever. And we fight in the backyard and usually I'd lose, but as I got a little bit older, every once in a while, I'd get a smack to the knee and, and eventually I do the, the old pop the elbow, grab the other lightsaber and just, you know, decapitate. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. That, that didn't go down that way, but maybe in my mind, that's what was going down. But uh, I've liked Star Wars for a long time. I think I came up on it really when I started watching the prequel trilogy, kind of when I was like 10, I think was when the when episode one came out. And then pod racing, that kind of blew my mind as a 10-year-old. So definitely got some love for the prequel trilogy. Awesome, man. Uh, that's really great. I've, and I've found that everyone on this podcast, for the most part, got started in Star Wars because their family members introduced them um, to the series, to, I mean, the, the franchise, rather, um, of Star Wars. So, um, Star Wars, man, is, is just a, it's just something that uh, has been passed down generationally through uh, people from their, to their kids, their grandkids, and it's a really cool thing. Star Wars is something that transcends generations, so that's pretty awesome. And I'd like to point out that uh, when you're talking about taking a lightsaber to the knee, that was pretty funny. I was thinking of Skyrim. I used to be a great adventurer until I took a lightsaber to the knee. <laughs> also big into Elder Scrolls, so if we ever want to go that way, I'm ready. Oh, yes. We're all big dorks here on Dork Wars, the podcast. It is not just about Star Wars. We're into everything. Right. So this is going to be a spoiler-free speculation of the era of the High Republic. Um, so the High Republic books are taking place 200 years approximately before episode one phantom menace so this is the age where every oh, there's a bunch of jedi um the jedi order is at the height of its power they're able to go all across the galaxy and guard the galaxy against evil there are apparently no sith at least not yet at the beginning of this series from what we understand but we could see that change um and i think that would actually be pretty cool if we could see some of that, I'll get into that in the later part of this podcast, but they're releasing adult books, young adult books, kids books, and comic books 
and I'm just going to go over a few of these release dates real quick. Um, if this is where you get your Star Wars news from, this will be beneficial to you. So, Light of the Jedi. That one came out January 5th, so this past Tuesday. It's an, an adult book. It's for those of us who are, uh, I guess, over 18. Um, not, not that it's <laughs> got any explicit material or anything, but the writing and the ideas, I'm assuming, are for adults. Test of Courage also came out January 5th. That is like what Disney is calling a mid-grade book, so I'm guessing middle school age kids, uh, maybe young teens. The Great Jedi Rescue, that is a kid's book. And that seems to be for not quite middle school age, I guess elementary school age kids. Then the High Republic comic series by Marvel, that started on January the 6th. So that's that's for... Um, that's four pieces of media that came out in two days for this High Republic series. Um, Into the Dark, that's going to be a young adult book. That comes out on February the 2nd. The High Republic Adventures, which is another comic book series, will be launching on February 21st. Race to Crash Point, that's going to be another mid-grade, middle school age book. That comes out June the 29th. The Rising Storm, which is an adult book, will be coming out on July 6th. And Out of Shadows will be coming out on July 27th. And that is a young adult book. So there is a lot of material that's coming out on this era. So we can kind of speculate that there's going to be a lot happening that has effects that are uh, that go throughout the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, and maybe even the sequel trilogy. I've read a bunch of things where this series impacts the sequel trilogy. It it has things about Count Dooku, supposedly, or connections to Count Dooku, from what I've read. I don't know all that for sure. Like I said, this is a speculation video. But it seems to be an awesome, awesome um, set of books and comics that are going to really increase our knowledge of what the Republic was before the prequel trilogy. So anyone have any thoughts uh, just out of the gate? I mean, I'll go ahead and kick it off. Um, not going to get into any spoilers for the book. Uh, so far, I'm reading Into the Light, or Light of the Jedi. Dear Lord, I can't even remember the book's name. Uh, Light of the Jedi. Uh, fantastic read. I've really enjoyed it. It's different. I've never actually read, read one of Charles Soule's books before. He's the author. And uh, I, I really like it. Um, one thing I will say is that um, it's coming from a bunch of point of views from characters. And I've really enjoyed that because it gives, you know, a unique perspective, a ton of unique perspectives even, about the galaxy, about the Jedi, about all types of things sort of happening. And so uh, one thing I'm really excited for in this High Republic era is getting these ideas and ideologies. Um, learning more about the Force, I think, is something that could really happen. Um, we, we know that the Force is amazing. It's in all living things. It connects all living things. But we've never really gotten deep down into, you know, what exactly is the limits of the force there there have to be limits at some point you know so it's kind of like seeing uh learning more about the force would be something that i'm really interested in seeing if they could do and during the high republic era when there's you know the most jedi there ever are and no sith i think it could be a real uh possibility for them to really explore the force more and also uh another thing with that is exploring more of the jedi um, we get a little bit of that in the prequel uh yeah in the prequels but um really we don't really know that much about the jedi order other than there's a grand master there's a jedi council of masters 
there's three different levels, basically pad one, knight, and master. And so other than that, we don't really know much about the Jedi Order. And uh, at the height of the Jedi Order, like the High Republic is, I think it'd be a really good um, thing to see if, you know, how the Jedi set up, learn more about them and their ways and how they deal with failure other than, you know, just crumbling and falling to pieces and not no longer existing. Right. That's going to be pretty cool. If we look at the Clone Wars series, I do think we get a good look at the Jedi Order and how it operates in a time of peril, in a time of war. But this will be kind of a a look into the old Jedi Order. What were they when they were just the the guardians of peace in the galaxy? What did that look like? What was the hierarchy? What kind of missions did they go on? Um, if there was no Sith, like what what kind of uh, evil things did they conquer in the universe or in the galaxy rather? And that's that's going to be a pretty cool um, subject subject for them to touch on, I think. Yeah, I agree, Blake. And like you said, like this is this period is the golden age of the Republic, right? And so there's there's no Sith right now that we know about. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a, you know the Jedi's uh, they they have a reputation of of guardians being the guardians of peace and justice and still hopeful. So I'm excited to see them, uh, their development, kind of like what Grant was saying and to see how the Jedi development and what kind of powers do they have? And, you know, even their fears, like what do the Jedi fear and just the overall history of them? Cause the, the prequels and the original trilogy and all that, they don't really give us much info on the Jedi history. Uh, just just a little bit, but and also I like to see a uh, a young Yoda, and kind of, I'm sure he's there because he's he's lived a million years. Um, so oh yeah, that's something I had wrote down. Um, younger Yoda, he's not young Yoda, and um, you know with Grogu at 50 years old, Grogu's still an infant. So I'm assuming that the species that Yoda and Grogu are um, probably mirrors that of a human. But it takes them longer to develop. So I'm thinking Yoda's probably like middle-aged, later middle-aged Yoda. Um, but he's going to be nice and spry and, and ready for some lightsaber battles. I can't wait for that. That's going to be fun to see. Yeah, um, some stuff that's public knowledge already about it that they released in a uh, hierarchy list, tier list of Jedi that were going to be introduced in this phase one is what they're calling it for the High Republic era. We actually saw that Yoda's are at this point 200 years before the Phantom Menace is already a Grand Master of the Jedi. Um, I'm not going to get too much deeper into that, um, but I know I, they mentioned him in the book. I will go ahead and say that that he is mentioned at least. Uh, I'm not going to speak of what capacity, but he is mentioned. Um, I'm really excited to see Yoda. I know they're actually doing it. May be in the, one of the comic series, or it may be one of the books uh, specifically about Yoda during this time. So I'm looking forward to reading that, and um, also. Another thing is uh, we find out something already that we didn't know about the Jedi Order. There can be more than one Grand Master at a time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, in that chart that I mentioned that they released earlier, there's actually two other Grand Masters at this time. And Yoda actually is not the oldest Grand Master during this period. There's someone who's older than him that is a Grand Master as well. So what this tells me is that um, Grand Master is not a rank held by the leader of the Jedi. Um, it... it is probably a rank just higher than master where someone is so powerful in the force that they have the rank of grand master. So for there to be more than one, that means that the grand master or a grand master is not necessarily one who leads the Jedi as like their official leader. Um, I'm sure that those three probably 
are like a small council in themselves and pretty much head up the Jedi. Speaking yeah, of the council, oh, sorry, Grant, but yeah. yeah, speaking of the council, I'm curious to see what kind of relationship like the Jedi Council has with like the Senate. Um, and, you know, I'm sure it was a lot different than the prequels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, going off of that, I would actually like to see, you know, the Senate and the Republic and what's supposed to be how it's supposed to work. Um, if I went back and re- recently watched The Phantom Menace. And one of the things Grandmaster Palpatine says, I'm calling Grandmaster because you know you know who he is. Anyway, uh, Grandmaster Palpatine uh, says the Republic isn't what it once was. The Senate is, you know, full of bureaucrats. It's corrupt. So during this time, theoretically, it isn't corrupt. It isn't full of bureaucrats. And so I'm interested in seeing how the Republic worked before, you know, all the bureaucracy, all the, you know, intentions of, you know, out for themselves rather than being together. Uh, one thing that is, I'm sure you pick up very quickly in the book, is that there's a big thing of unity in the Republic, which is something I'm really excited to read about and see. And uh, you, we know where it goes, but it's kind of going to be interesting seeing how it gets there. And I think that's something that they could easily explore is how the Republic became what it became and ended up being the Empire. I'm reading the synopsis of of Light of the Jedi real quick. And one, one line that says that there's a... It says that a single mistake could cost billions of lives. I'm like, what in the world could be going on in the old Republic, in the High Republic era that would cost billions of lives? You know, um, later there's Death Stars that blow up planets and things like that. But um, it's intriguing to think there could possibly be a huge event where billions of lives were lost. Well, this could be one of two things. Um, that I think, anyways, this could be one an evil that is not the Sith. So the the Sith can't be the only evil in the galaxy. I mean, there's there's tons of evil on Earth, right? There's tons of of, of people who do bad things. Tons of different terrorist groups and groups of people that are not good people. Imagine that over an entire galaxy of people. So the Sith can't be the only ones up to no good. Or this is the beginnings of the Sith, the beginnings of the rise of the Sith. In the Republic, um, so we know in the in the prequel trilogies, um, especially Episode One, they talk of there's a new Sith. Oh my gosh, we hadn't seen Siths in in a thousand years. So that's telling me that in this series we are probably going to see a rise in the Sith somewhere, whether it's from beginning to end or maybe it's on the tail end of this. I don't know, but the Sith have to rise at some point. Yeah, and I think that's where the show that takes place during the High Republic at the end of it, uh, the Acolyte's going to really come in. Um, I think we'll see Sith, stirrings of the Sith beforehand that may tie into it. But I think the show, the Acolyte, is going to be a big thing about bringing on the Sith. And uh, just going in and getting into some theology and some lore about it. Um, if we look at the Rebels TV series, I'm not trying to get into detail, but I know everyone in this podcast has now seen this at this point. Um, at, when they go to Malachor and Ezra, Ahsoka, and Kanan are at the Sith Temple, there's a ton of Sith there. You know, they're not following the rule of two. So I'm thinking that maybe the Sith, you know, the Sith Empire as it was beforehand, uh, more than likely, um, kind of moved to a rule of two after that big clash, after that big fall. And maybe the Sith is still there. It's just the Jedi don't realize is there because they're now following the rule of two and not the giant empire that they're used to fighting uh, before the High Republic era. Hmm. That's a good thought. I really like that train of thought. I like that. That sounds that. That's definitely something that I would love to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, because you think about it, Palpatine had to learn from Darth Plagueis, which means Darth Plagueis had to learn from somebody. And so, I mean, it isn't just like, you know, we sit there and we think, oh, it's the rule of two, rule of two, rule of two, because that's just what we're used to with the Skywalker saga. But in reality, it, it wasn't always the rule of two. Uh, it was a huge group, uh, an empire of literally Sith Lords. And so it was just kind of like going off of that. And then, you know, it has to continue, but we, they may think there's no Sith because they were used to fighting the big empire and not the rule of two that maybe someone, uh, I believe in some books, it's uh, Darth Bane or something like that, um, came up with the rule of two after the fall of the Sith Empire. And I'm not sure if that still stands in the current canon or not, but I believe it does. I'm not too certain on that, though. Yes, Bane was a big character um, in the old expanded universe, and he was the one who established the rule of two once the Sith Empire fell in that continuity, like uh, Grant was saying. So maybe they're trying to bring Bane into canon, um, maybe not in person, but maybe my name drop or something like that. And I think what we're seeing here is all of this media, all of these books and comics that they're coming out with, it's a, it is a massive amount of media, of content about this era. So something in this era is going to be super, super important. Maybe multiple things in this era are going to be super, super important, excuse me, important. But it looks like that it's all going to culminate and kind of come to a head in the Acolyte. And that's what I'm thinking. Um... From what we've heard, the Acolyte takes place at the end of this High Republic era. So it looks like all these books, all of these comics, all the content that's coming out is going to directly funnel into this show. And I think that's where it's going to kind of lead up to. This is all kind of like a, a prequel, if you will, to the Acolyte. And this is, that's where we're going to see like the meat of what Disney and Dave Filoni, John Favreau, what they're trying to get across to us is going to be in the Acolyte. Hey Blake, so I, I don't know if you mentioned this earlier, but are any of these books like tied together in a series or are, are these media sort of independent and they just kind of all take place during the same time? From what I've read, I don't know if there's a certain order you have to read these in. I would read these in the order that they came out just to make sure we get what we need to get from each one. It seems, you know, if you're, if you're going to read the series, I would read it as it came out. Um, so all that stuff that came out on January 5th, it probably does not matter um, which one you read. I'm thinking like the the, the uh, younger kids books and stuff probably do not have a big impact on the lore or the overarching story of the High Republic era. Um, that's just, that's probably just a, a speculation, but I wouldn't think the younger kids books would have a huge amount of the big plot that we're trying to get. I'm thinking these adult and young adult books will probably have a lot of that content. Um, there are, and all, with all of everything that's being released up through February, at least, I know for certain, uh, they're all independent stories that can be read independently, but they do all build off of each other and uh, affect each other. Um, in fact, the Marvel comic that came out on January the 6th takes place after Light of the Jedi. So don't read the first comic before you're reading Light of the Jedi. Just go ahead and put that out there um, because you'll see characters from Light of the Jedi in there and they've already done things and they talk about events that happened during that book. Um, luckily I was already far enough in the book to when I opened the comic, I could realize that and could stop. Um, but, um, there is something that's certainly, um, to take in consideration, but there is a sequel book coming out to Light of the Jedi, a direct sequel to it later on. I believe it's in June or July. Um, but anyway, Dietrich, what's your thoughts on, you know, the High Republic era? What, what do you want to see? 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think you guys have kind of touched on the two major things I want to see. One in which is kind of the the machinations of what the Sith are doing behind the scenes at this point. Because at least by old canon, you know, if you look at the, oh, what was it, the Darth Plagueis novels, we get a lot of kind of background on, on what Plagueis has been doing and his former masters and I think his other apprentices before Palpatine comes around and I would like to see a little more of a canon version of, of that. Maybe, you know, who, whoever came before, because we're going how many hundreds of years before now? It goes from 200 to 50. Yeah, so what, what is probably several generations of Sith now, right? So we, we're going to see what they're doing. If they're there, they, again, they could change the canon, so they might not be there. But I think it'd be interesting to see what the Sith are doing in the shadows. And then the second thing, kind of going along with that, actually, is the fact that how do we follow up having villains that can use the Force? What's going to be an actual threat to Jedi, arguably even stronger than we see them in the prequels? Because it's implied in the prequels they've kind of been waning for a little while now and not really you know, straying from the, uh, the path or whatever. So how, how, do we, how do we give good rivals to the Jedi and... Grievous comes to mind when I think of that because his people, at least, and I think his uh, backstory, I'm not sure if it's canon or not anymore, but his backstory was that basically the Republic had betrayed his group of people and so he kind of hated the Jedi for it and that's why he was more willing to succumb to the necessary altercations and and changing of uh, his, his limbs from mechanical ones to go after the Jedi. So that would be a good example, but I would love to see more of like other factions that are slowly, you know, getting into conflict with the Jedi or the Republic as a whole. I've actually given that some thoughts because I'm like, all right, so we know the Sith. While we know by the time the prequel era, they know there's a rule of two going on because Yoda makes mention of it always two there are, uh, no more, no less. So we know eventually they're going to figure out about this rule of two, assuming that they don't realize that it's that now um, and during the High Republic era. But I was thinking about that. Um, who could be the true threat to the Republic to the or to the Jedi during this time. And I came to two conclusions, two possibilities that I think are really strong and could be um, interesting. So one that's already in the canon that I would love to see um, is we could see the Chiss Ascendancy show up. Um, we know by the time Rebels comes out, Thrawn's there and the Chiss, he, he, I mean, people know who the Chiss are, especially if you read the uh, Thrawn book that came out that uh, takes place before Rebels uh, takes place. Um, you find out that people know about the Chiss ascendancy. People know, uh, hear stories and rumors about them. So those stories and rumors had to come from somewhere. They're known as great warriors, very difficult to kill. They're very strong, very smart, very tactical. Um, so I could definitely see the Chiss ascendancy causing some issues here for the Republic during that time, uh, since it's already in canon. But if we're looking at possibilities with the expanded universe, uh, you know, something that can easily come to mind, at least to me, uh, the Uzan Long. They could reintroduce them during this period rather than the uh, post-Return uh, of the Jedi. And it could be very interesting because, you know, they gave the Republic, the Je the New Republic, the Jedi, and even the Empire uh, problems after Return of the Jedi in the books. And that's why the New Republic and the Empire actually ended up, you know, combining and saying, hey, w w let's put our differences aside. This is a bigger issue. And so I could definitely see them introducing them or other Beings like them that are, you know, are, aren't part of the force. Yeah, that's going to go on my list of things I don't want to see. I never, I never was super inclined for the Vong. 
I always felt like it was a little more Star Trek than Star Wars. But they got to be different somehow, right? So, Yeah, it really did have a very, like, Borg kind of feel to use on Vong did. Because what they would do is take worlds and terraform those worlds to meet their needs. So it was, it was really like a, a kind of Borg... Um, a, yeah, assimilation process that that the Yuuzhan Vong did, and it's yeah, it felt very Star Trekky. But I, I don't know. Um, the Mandalorians have a historic um, conflict with the Jedi at some point, and it's even in the new canon we hear about it that the Jedi and the Mandalorians have some kind of problem. They they don't get along very well. So maybe we'll see some of that in this High Republic era. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, um, they're. I think one of the original Mandalorians, like, wasn't he the first one to wield the Darksaber? Yes, he was, like, the first and only Mandalorian Jedi there ever was. So, I mean, that's something we could see is the uh, the history of the Darksaber. Maybe see that Mandalorian in this Jedi Order during the High Republic would be really cool. Yeah, there there is just a lot of content that we can put into this High Republic. And the sheer volume of material that they're coming out with, we could see all of this happen. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen, especially who's going to come against the Jedi like Dedrick was talking about and Grant was talking about. You know, is it going to be the Chiss? Is it going to be the Mandalorians? Is it going to be a new species we've never heard of or a group of people we've never heard of from the outer, um, from the unknown regions, possibly? Who knows? Um, it's, it's pretty exciting to think about. I'm not saying, without getting too far into the book, they do introduce a group, um, which I, they made it very public. They didn't try to hide it. Um, a group of pirates, basically, is who they're fighting at the start, anyway. Where that goes and what that means and why they're actually fighting them, I'm not getting into because that's important for a storyline, so I'm not going to do spoilers, but they are, they are fighting them. So there is a group that's already there impacting them in the, at the beginning, but um, seeing where it goes in the future, because, I mean, the pirates, they're pirates. They're not going to stick around. They're not going to trust each other. They're going to stab each other in the back and try to take everything they can. I mean, that's just... It's pirates. So you're telling me Jack Jack Sparrow is gliding across the galaxy on the Black Pearl and swashbuckling planets. Yes, I mean I would love to see Jack Sparrow in Star Wars. Give that man a lightsaber as a cutlass, and that that would just be funny. It's got to be the best space pirate I've ever seen. I can feel the Force. Why is all the Force gone? Blake, have you uh have you anything that you really want to see in this High Republic? Uh, anything specific? Like, do you want to see any video games come out? Any marketing materials? Uh, that's something I was thinking about was, uh, could we see, you know, new games coming through here, kind of like Knights of the Old Republic. Maybe we see Knights of the High Republic type of deal and uh, give us some more, you know, interaction with the story and different mediums than just books and, uh, and TV series. I'll tell you what, that's very interesting. Um, video games are something that goes along with Star Wars, especially um, since like the Nintendo 64 days. You got Pod Racer um, that came out. You have Shadows of the Empire, which is an incredible game for the time when it came out. And then you have, um, what's the game we all like to play? Battlefront. Oh, Battlefront. Battlefronts 1 and 2. Um, they came out on the original, on PlayStation 2, rather. And then they came out again on PlayStation 4, uh, reformatted, totally different games. But, and there's some I'm leaving out. Knights of the Old Republic's a, a big one. So games have, have kind of been an integral part of the Star Wars universe. I don't know that any really tied in... Um, from a new story aspect um, or canon aspect, but that's something we could see, and, and we could see some stories about these High Republic Jedi. Um, that that would be neat. That'd be really cool. Maybe a massive multiplayer online game. I know they've already got the Knights of the Old Republic um, MMO, but maybe they, they can launch a new one. 
Maybe we can get some good RPGs out of it, some good um, battle games like Battlefront. Um, the, the possibilities are really endless with this era, and I, I think that's what we're trying to get across in our podcast here today, in our episode, is that the possibilities are endless. And everything we've talked about can and probably will be a part of this series and even things we haven't talked about. I'm sure there's stuff we haven't even touched on that we're going to see brought out among all these books. And maybe it'd be cool to see video games as well. Yeah, I think video games is a, a good medium. Um, give people control over, like, everyone loves Knights of the Old Republic. Or, not everyone, but most Star Wars fans love Knights of the Old Republic just because, you know, your decisions made an impact on what happened in the story. Um, you could be a light side, you could be a part of the dark side. It was up to you. And so I think that's something that I, w- I personally would love to see is another KOTOR-type game. Um, and to go back to where you're saying about games uh, introduction into the canon, introducing into the canon actually being canonized, uh, the story to Battlefront 2 is actually canon. Um, the new Battlefront 2 on PS4. So um, there is, so it's already president that could be part of the canon. So, I mean, that's just another medium for them to put out. And me as a consumer, as a gamer, I would love that. Um Andrew, Wesley, anyone else have any thoughts about the uh, video game aspect and anything you could see that would be amazing as a video game? A couple of new ones that came out. Also, Star Wars, uh, the what is it called? Fallen Order. That came oh, out last, yeah, it's or, Fallen or 2019. Order. 2019, yeah. True, that is canon as well. Yeah. And then um, I just installed Star Wars uh, Squadrons today, actually. Um, that is more like the TIE, fight, TIE Fighter and um, X-Wing f- uh, flying one, so it was pretty cool. I'm not really a fan of the controls of that game, but I just recently reinstalled uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. Yes, I did as well. I kind of went ahead first into that game, and it kind of... So I really want... This is going to be a little bit of a deep cut, but there's a game that used to be called uh, Marble Heroes Omega, and it's an action RPG, uh, pretty much like Diablo. Yeah. I would love to see that in the Star Wars universe. I think that would be absolutely amazing. In Marvel Heroes Omega, there were like 120 characters. You could do the same thing with Star Wars. You could literally play as any character that you wanted to. Although it wouldn't be your normal action gameplay where you're swinging a lightsaber. You know, you would just be clicking buttons. But I think it would still be amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been a big gap with Star Wars games in general. I mean, the last one that came out was Squadrons. And before that, it was Battlefront 2. And Battlefront 2 has been discontinued for live service. So... The only thing we're getting new content-wise is Squadrons. So, I mean, you're launching this new era. You're trying to bring in as many Star Wars fans as you can. You're you're trying to get them distracted from, you know, the trilogy trilogy of the sequels because people don't want to think about that. They want to think about what's new, what's this great Star Wars. And this is a good possibility for them to explore with games. I mean, there's no real constraints on it. They can do basically anything they want in the era. I mean, there's nothing really stopping them other than, you know, getting approval from the storyboard for the era. But, I mean, it's just an open possibility, and I think that they should really capitalize on it because they're trying to reach as many people as they can, and video games is a good way to do that. So, um, no loot boxes. No EA loot boxes. That's all I ask. (laughs) Yeah, I would like to get away from that. I would like like to see them go with another developer, and they may be waiting just to get uh, out of the EA licensing thing for star wars games so that may be something they're doing i'm not sure but i mean if you think about it just not the high republic but there's no mandalorian content in a video game either all right guys well this has been a pretty productive conversation about the high republic this era before 
the prequels before anything we've seen in the Disney canon. Um, and I'm, for one, am pretty excited to see where it goes, what kind of new revelations about the Force, about the Jedi, about the pre-fall um, of the Jedi era of the Republic. It's, it's going to be really cool. So that's all the time we have today for Dork Wars the Podcast. And we want to thank everybody for the support that you've given us over our past two episodes. Um, we've seen some some pretty good numbers, some pretty good subscriber numbers. We're excited and we're happy to bring you all of the Star Wars news and content and discussion, debate, laughs. We're, we're here for it. And we hope that you join us every week for this. So thank you very much and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars The Podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars The Podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a Right at My Reading Lab Paired Gears production.